international anthem. A record label embodied by community. A community of artists, musicians, and cultural producers dedicated to their craft. Born in Chicago and proudly sprouting from the city's creative musical traditions, the community has grown into a global network of like-minded contributors true to the label's name. I'm Ayana Contreras, and in this program, we'll be diving deep into the albums of International Anthem in conversation with the creators, coloring the context, sharing the more intimate stories, and celebrating the humanity that's inherent in what you hear. Stay tuned. Record Surplus is an independent record store on the west side of Los Angeles. At over 4,000 square feet, Record Surplus features a large selection of used and new records, ranging from rock to soul, jazz to international, rap to ambient, soundtracks to oldies, blues to country, and all kinds of other oddities. In business since 1985, when CDs were the next thing, Record Surplus was known as the last record store and has maintained its focus on records. They have a helpful staff, knowledgeable buyers, and open ears listening to and looking out for that new new music and that new old music. Contreras, and this is the International Anthem Podcast. Carlos Nino collects sounds, and for decades, he's been engaged with curating his sonic collections, both homegrown and commercially recorded, for his work as a musician and as a radio host. His immaculate sense of curation was always evident on his long-running program, Spaceways Radio, but it's also in full flower on his album, More Energy Fields Current, which contains material recorded with various co-conspirators over a period of time. The sounds, in many cases, were then edited and looped in a process he calls spiritual improvisational space collage. started our conversation by asking him whether he actually considers himself a collector. I would consider myself a serious record collector with a small collection. So I have friends who, you know, have famous record collections and are famous for record collecting, and and I'm definitely not that. I have a, a small, very concise, very serious collection, like I'm serious about condition, serious about pressings, serious about sound, serious about how I store records, serious about what gets filed and what doesn't. But I have a limited amount of space and 
I also don't like having things that I really don't need or want. So I'm really into like having records continue to be in circulation. So I gift records a lot, which is something I'm somewhat known for. But uh, I, I'm definitely a record collector. I have a small collection of tapes. Um, I have very, 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 very few 45s. And, um, I love 45s, but have not really ever had the patience to dig through them. Like I'm, I'm much more into like the full experience of a cover and the possibility that a record would have you know, a bunch of songs on it that I'd want to listen to. I have a lot of blankets and textiles. I, I tend to though also like come into things and then keep them moving. Like all of a sudden, like 15 people that I know will all receive like some magical blanket jacket from me or like um, ponchos or records, like serious records that I just am like, yeah, the, these should these should go. Like, it's all good. I'm just going to give them away. So I don't really ever look at it as like a, a loss. I kind of see it as like I found it, I, I, I received it, I got it somehow. And then when it's time is up with me, I keep it moving and very easily just kind of let things go. Is Because there's a couple of different ways to think about stuff and think about people's relationship to stuff. Like there's the Marie Kondo thing where it's like less is more sort of, you know what I mean? Does it bring you pleasure? But there's actually like another phenomenon where you think about the stuff is not actually yours. Like, especially when you talk about used things, right? Like, so it's like, are you a steward of the thing in the time that you have it? And it's like this temporary crossroads thing, right? And like, where does it go from there? Could be to someone else because you think you're going to bring that person joy through that thing. I tend to go in phases with that. I would say that I, I definitely feel like certain things are mine and I, and, I, and I do seek them out to have them and to hold them and to have them be with me. But then I also phase out of that and say, I don't have to have this. It doesn't have to be mine. I can share this. Or if somebody I know is really looking for something that I have and I don't have to have it, I'll give it to them. I'll just be like, hey, you, you have this, you know? And I tend to find that like a lot of uh, my favorite people in records are like that. They, they're, they're really into like sharing and gifting. They're not hoarders. They're not people who um, like are, are trying to block or conceal. And, and, and I get that part of the culture too from, you know, um, the record days and I mean it's 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 rampant now I mean like now it's like even commonplace to just have everything you play jacked by somebody who might be making a playlist for some company or just wants to have your own taste they can you know find so much music now um in a non-digging kind of way so I don't really, I'm not really mad at that, um, but I wouldn't say that's for me. Like, you'll never see me doing that, you know? Um, but, but, I, but I get that, that it is what a lot of people do, and I, and I understand why. You know, they have access to it, they want it. And for the artists, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that the music reaches more and more people. And, and ultimately, to me, that's the point of it, is to share it. So um, it's one of the reasons why I've always loved radio, because radio just seems like a huge share space. Like it's really about like connecting and sharing your feelings, your point of view, your your perspective, your taste, um, you know, trying things out. So that that definitely relates to the radio um, 
experience for me. So one of the things you said the last time we spoke was something about really radio is in some ways about creating a mosaic and utilizing textures, right? And thinking about like the medium and thinking about it as being something that being very in the moment, right? Definitely. We were put here to contribute to an ancient expression that is eternal, each one of us. your experience with with radio because really like you've been involved in radio in one way or another for so much of your career yeah um, I would say that my musical life centers around the radio I've been a fan of music as long as I can remember any memories of anything in this incarnation super into music I haven't been I would say a dedicated student of playing instruments and writing music as much as I have been like a, a, a very dedicated collector and listener and enthusiast. And I think that does sometimes propel you into creation. I'm just, I'm just imagining all of the projects that I've produced and how they came from inspiration to want to hear something. And that has so much to do with like my connection to records and my connection to hearing a song and being so inspired by it. So radio to me is this immediate medium of communication and connection with one person with potentially many people all at once. Even the title I chose, Spaceways Radio, which was definitely a reference to Sunrot. Makes your life feel with It speaks on a higher level than that reference to radioactivity, which is essentially a facet of uranium and I'm an Aquarius and Aquarian energy in, in this uh, uh, solar system is ruled by Uranus. And yeah, I, I, I just, I just feel like there's, there's so much to be said about like the actual broadcast. It's, it's still so much a part of what I do. It's a part of how I conceive of sequencing the records that I'm making. It's definitely something that it's motivating me. Like, would I play this? this piece of music that I'm that I'm making. Would I play this? Where would I play this? When would I play this? Why? How does it make me feel? And I'm frequently making music to feel a certain way and to also share that feeling with anyone that, that, that gets to listen to it. And, and that all is kind of a radio process. It is all connected for me. As I'm saying this right now, I'm realizing like how deep that goes for me. I feel like my records in a way are radio. 
Ja. So then more energy fields, current. You were saying that the tracks on here were songs and pieces that you had collected over a period of time, recordings, we'll say, that you've done over a period of time that you put together in a way, right? Uh, I'm going to retitle the album right now and I'm going to call it Deep Radio Waves Feeling. <laughs> I'm with I mean, it. I mean, I mean, I mean, really, like, like, like when you just said more energy fields current, I was like, that's exactly a perfect way of describing radio. Like, that's it. It's this massive field. It's completely current of currency, of a current flow, a ripple of a steady pulse spin forward energy this is really just kind of where where I'm at, you know. Um, I, I I feel like like uh, radio talking with you is is making me realize even more than I would have previously acknowledged. Although like this is a central thing for me that radio is 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 like massive, and it's not like I listen to a lot of radio these days, but I believe in radio and what it is, um, and I and I and I recall very well the importance of being able to tune into a show. And, and be just completely blown away by music. Or if I hear something on the radio, it's just so like direct and immediate that I get very excited and I might even call a radio station. I might even call a DJ that I'm not that into and give them props in the moment because I'm so grateful, you know? So it's like, it's like I just sort of get humble and like totally stoked in, 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 the, in the presence of radio, you know? So, yeah. yeah, it is special, yeah. you know, yeah. because I think maybe there's this idea now that music is almost exclusively sort of an intimate thing, unless you had a party or a concert or something. Right. But with the radio, it's sort of implied the idea of broadcasting. Right. Like it's being cast broadly that any one of us at any point could turn on this frequency. Right. And we could all be listening to the same thing at the same time you know, and that it's at the same time ephemeral. So it's not on demand. It's this idea that you all caught this one moment in time and maybe you all were doing different things at the time that you were listening, but you were all kind of engaged in this same frequency at the same moment in time. It's actually kind of magical if you think about it, or at least if well, that's what I think. <laughs> Menino, como é o seu nome? Itiberê. Itiberê do quê? De Tudo bem. Quantos anos você tem? I agree. It is magical and I do think about it and it's fun to think about it specifically right now in this conversation. Yeah. You were one of the co-founders of DubLab, is that right? In fact? There's one person that really started DubLab and he doesn't take a lot of the credit. His name is Frosty and he enlisted like five or six people to help him start it. And we were there from day one um, doing radio shows five days a week and involved in other aspects of the operation of the station. And I guess we're specifically referred to as DJ co-founders. I was also the events coordinator and manager and for the first couple of years was uh, producing concerts and parties uh, for Dub Lab. 
And that was really fun. And I had been on the radio here in Los Angeles for four years prior to that, which is how he thought to um, invite me into the dub lab scene. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a dumb question. Did that movie pump up the volume? Did you ever see that movie? We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. No one else is using it. Price is right. Are you listening to this? Yeah, of course I'm listening. Of course, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. You know, you were talking about maybe radio isn't like an everyday thing in your life anymore, but there are these touch points that kind of crystallize a lot of ideas and thoughts, right? That movie came along and I was already really into radio and I really appreciated that movie. And I remember the last time I saw it very well because there was a screening of it at a revival house. And my son, who's like a massive cinephile, had never seen it. And his friend from high school, they were probably like in ninth and 10th grade. And and that friend of his mother, we all went. And I think everybody just loved it. He's got a pirate radio station. Nobody knows who he is. I, I could be that anonymous nerd sitting across from you. And then you turn around and he just looks away. It is what it is. I'm not, I'm not trying to like rate it as a, as a film per se, but I have good impression of it. And I remember loving it when it came out when I was a kid. It was like on the edge for me in a way. But I'd already been really into radio and I got turned on to radio like everybody. You're, you, you have a radio in your room and you're turning the dial and you find things. It becomes a part of your life. I mean, I guess there's a version of that now maybe with podcasts or with, with the way people consume television. But um, I did enjoy that movie quite a lot. And I don't remember like loving all of the uh, music in it. It wasn't so much to my taste, but like I just love that it had a point of view musically also. And, and I've actually listened to a couple of the songs from that soundtrack in the last couple of years. Um, there's a really weird was not was song in that movie that sometimes I wish I had like an instrumental of. It has like a very aggressive like vocal sample, almost like like tape loop kind of scream on it, like with somebody saying something, but the actual music underneath it is something I've, I've dug for, like wondering if they ever released a, like a dub or an instrumental of it. Hello, Dad. I'm in jail. Hello, Dad. I'm in jail. You, you know how we do. You know, we're like digging for things, for like versions that we wish existed, that maybe if we look hard enough, they you'll find them. <laughs> and, and sometimes they exist and sometimes they don't, but... Uh, yeah, um, that was that was definitely cool. You out there? You listening? That's so interesting because the other thing I remember you were talking about the last time we spoke was sort of how you like keep a library of material and like all these sound sources and sample sources that you try and pull from, like. Do you do that like in your life when you're just sitting around, you're thinking about the bibs and bobs that you could possibly augment what you're working on with? Yeah, constantly. To me, my original music is very similar to my instrument collection or my record collection or my collection of files. Um, it's kind of like living, breathing, circulating. Um, I'm, I'm doing different things with my original music um, and I'm constantly listening 
and potentially excerpting and or editing and or adding to or sending out for other people to add to and receiving. So it's like really evolving in a way that a lot of these other things that I mentioned aren't, but the collection of it and the care that I have for the collection of it is very similar. I'm collecting files every single day. I don't collect records every single day, but I, I definitely buy records uh, every week. And sometimes I come into um, a lot of records and every once in a while it's just receiving a box of a new release of your own album or getting gifted a record that you produce. Like f recently I received uh, multiple copies of the new Mind Design album. And that's a record that I play on every song of. And I was really stoked to get that. Uh, I remember taking it to a friend's house on Saturday and putting it on and gifting it to them. And that felt great, you know? So. It is always kind of growing, like expanding, contracting. My, my music making is very similar to that too. Like sometimes you have the sense that you have um, finished something and then you keep listening. You keep realizing that there's more to massage, there's more to consider. And you just kind of do that until it just feels like it's ready to be on a record. Any regrets you know you're just kind of like yeah I I knew I, I've been paying attention I've been listening a long time I I listen to records I care about this process so it works out you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the process is so interesting because I think a lot of the lot of folks who listen like on the opposite end of the I don't know the process they just hear the final product and they don't even understand I mean you know I mean it's clear people know that records take work right but maybe that there's like so so many iterations of the thing before it becomes the thing if that makes sense like i think that's part of the reason why i'm i'm like kind of interested in acetates alternate takes and different you know like choose your own adventure other realities of songs i i do think that kind of understanding that the static notion of what this recording is is the only way that that song could be or could have been. I think that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, for me, I would say that's an all of the above. I feel like some of the music that I make or that I love so much is like just straight up like a moment, a moment in time, recorded, done, done, that's it. That's all it ever was. That's all it ever will be. And then there's everything between that and what you're talking about, which is, there's a hundred different versions of it exist, and there are versions of elements of what it ended up in a song and how they have their own life at, at, at one point and possibly various versions of just one element of something that ended up in a song that has many different mixes or many different versions or arrangements. And, and, and it is just so vast in that way. I mean, in, in that sense, um, it's really never ending. I mean, I feel like if, if, if all recording stopped right now, we still would never really catch up with everything that has been made. It just is never ending, even, even within the past. Um, that's a wild concept as well. And what you're talking about just expands that even more to consider like how many versions of it there are. And then if we want to talk about it like metaphysically, we can even say that if there are infinite versions of reality that within each 
version of reality in an infinitude of possible realities, there are versions <laughs> of those songs that are different. <laughs> it's just like never ending and uh, pretty wild. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so far out if you think about it. But it's kind of, I mean, I think it's kind of comforting. You know what I mean? Like there, there's all this like infinite potential and energy, like the energy could have manifested itself in all these different ways. Yeah, records are so much about curation, which then brings you back to the radio. It brings you back to programming. Like, 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 like a record is a program. A record is a curation. It is a sequence. It is an order. So there, there is like a total connection to me in, in everything that we're talking about. Even recording studios and radio studios have a lot of similarities and a lot of similar gear. And the first record I ever made was with the great singer Dwight Tribble. And I was probably 19 years old. And I just had this like vision dream that I wanted to work with him. I'd had him in the studio live. And we cut the record. Billy Higgins was the drummer on the first record that I ever produced in my life. I mean, like, there's so many things like that were amazing about that record. It was made at the radio. We essentially used like the the, the live room in the radio. And for, over the course of a weekend, I don't even know how they agreed to let me do this, but they did. We just had like a remote studio um, set up in the kitchen of KPFK in Studio City. And the wires just kind of went through two double doors to the live room. And over the course of two days, we cut this record there. Man, thinking about it now that I had that much pull at such a young age at that station and and I'm 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 joking in a way I didn't really have any pull they were just cool like that's what I guess a community radio station could offer you sometimes is like facility and 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 the ability to dream and kind of make something happen so they're totally a part of each other radio and and records you know right yeah, I mean, it's definitely about sort of like documenting either like forever or for a moment or whatever. It is a really cool relationship between those two things. Not something that comes from way outside of you. Outside of you. But Yeah. Yeah, and then when you put it out there, like you're saying, whether it's ephemeral or whether it's, you know, something that's going to be widely distributed and kind of minted somehow, um, it, it, it is its own life at that point. And how somebody remembers it or how somebody interprets it or how somebody connects with it is no longer up to you, even if you were the one who delivered it or you were the one who created it. It's not yours anymore, not the radio that in that moment is being experienced by someone else anywhere in the world that they might be, in any state of being and feeling that they might have. And the same thing goes with you put out a record. Like, that record isn't really yours anymore. It, it is, but but it also isn't. Because, you know, I've had people communicate with me about feelings that they have about things that I've made. And 
it's just so them that's theirs that that feeling that experience that is their feeling that experience i you know like i can't say anything about it i'm just like wow okay well thanks for sharing that with me you know like it's just a trip so uh, radio radio has a similar thing where something you might say that may or may not have been of major significance or importance to you and was not recorded was just allowed to go into the ether um connects with somebody in a way that could be like profound for them and and in that sense it does live on in that sense it is recorded but it's not it's recorded in a different way it's recorded like in a different dimension you know but that's kind of part of the fun of it too i think i was also describing to you about how there's like this like sweet torment in that you can never actually experience the show that you're doing that you're so inspired to be doing that you you are sharing and and potentially like really doing a good job with um you can never experience it the way the person that's listening to it experiences it and 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 that's and that's a that, that's a dance you know there there there's something about that um i do feel differently about that than than about a record even though it is sort of similar because you've listened to the songs on your record potentially so many times before they get released so you don't really have the experience that a first time listener has listening to your record and just being like like what is that you know like like what's going on there but there's so much of that in the making of music like my life is like constantly fueled and propelled and and like and like just like like euphorically uh enthusiastic in making music so in a, in a way i'm getting like an even more profound treat than the the listener but 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 you are kind of dealing with the relationship when you're making versus when you're you know picking something up and so like i i i delight in listening to other people's music and having that experience with their music and and getting and getting excited about something that a friend makes or somebody that i that i follow or ha- have never heard of you know whatever like like just discovering something gets to be so exciting in that way and that's where i kind of get some of that back the feeling of like well i never got to actually listen to my own radio show it would have been fun to maybe listen to it every once in a while like to like not actually be there but to be <laughs> to be in the audience. Yeah, I remember one time I had a guest on and um you know the recorded the interview when it was cool and it was pre-recorded so it aired and we were listening to the broadcast. In the moment there were so many things that passed us by and I I think in real life that happens a lot to people. You know you're at a party, you think you're engaged in the conversation and what's happening around you but really there's so many snatches of extra things that are happening like like metadata Yeah, completely. And 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 that that is like hugely what's happening when you're performing. Um listening back to something that you think you recall, that you think that you've actually recorded in your mind. um as it's happening as you're creating it whether you're improvising or playing a song that you've practiced over and over and over again what actually happens what actually comes through if it's been recorded and you get to experience it again 
has so much of what you're talking about in it. And that's actually one of the things I look forward to the most because as a, as a producer, when I'm playing music, I'm frequently like in an omnipresent, like supercomputing state where I'm like totally in the moment and also bookmarking or like making track marks for sections that I want to revisit. And I get really excited about something that, that I'm going to get to listen to again <laughs> later. And it's really like multiple functions of your being in a parallel. I would never forego the actual presence uh, in playing and communicating, be it playing by myself or in a, in a, in a group um, or engaging with anybody that might be listening or recording. Like, but there's so many aspects of, of, of this particular subject matter. And again, like we, we brought this up because of radio, but, but now we're talking about it in regard to even like conversation or our own experience of things versus what somebody else might experience of the same thing or what you might feel about it if you actually get a chance to hear a recording of it or to see it again or to, or to have like, like, a, like an after experience with it. That, that's a trip. It, it is. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so as we wrap this up, the conversation we had before was not recorded, like intentionally not recorded, so that it would be ephemeral. So it would be our memories. But I did write something down. And what I wrote down was the last, one of the last things you said was current as stream, eternal now, our energy is its own currency, which was like you ruminating on the title of this new project. Well, I'd love for you to send me that quote because uh, it feels meaningful to me to hear it. Um, yeah, I, I remember being in a meeting with somebody that was trying to flex on me about money. And I, I said something to them in a very kind but like illuminated way that my currency, what I actually bring in the way of energy is like a total eclipse to their life oriented in and around money or finance. And I feel like that's something that we do need to connect with as deeply as possible is like what we really are, who we really are, why we are here, what is actually happening. And that relates to the title of the record. It relates to the quote you just said. Um, because if somebody says to me, why is the record called More Energy Fields Current? Why is there a comma after fields? Why are the words in that order? For, for me, that, that was something that just kind of was like part of a flow state and it, and it really became um, what it is. But it could be many other things. Like each one of those words to me, again, the more is what we, we need to like delve even deeper into the more is a depth the more the more is a consideration of like infinite consciousness of like the connectivity of everything that's the more what my, my spiritual mother said to me and I'll never forget and I wrote that down she said it's the more that doesn't get much play and I was like whoa right 
So more is a, is a whole energy, you know, in and of itself as a word. And when we're talking about energy, energy, you know, could could be could be uh, a word you plug in for like any you ever want to describe or anything you ever want to talk about you know if I'm referring to the energy field and the energy fields like our auric state like our our soul and again it's connectivity I would say holographically to the divine to all dimension to all realm to all state yeah more energy fields current could you read that quote again I kind of want to hear that again <laughs> Let's see, what did I say here? I said, current as stream, eternal now, our energy is its own currency. Yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah. Eternal now, that, that is really, to me, speaking to everything is everything. One I like to say a lot is life is alive. Life is alive. Life is very alive. Life is totally alive. For me, that the similar energy of eternal now or the, or, or the idea of infinity of infinities, just being completely uh, open and seeing the eternal within, seeing the infinite expanse beyond what you would say is like outside of you, but that is really like the field that you are uh, co-creating and that you're involved with, that you are also. And the music I'm making, like that record, those are just reports. Those are like me reporting back from journeys and experiences and collaborations and feelings and finding a way to sequence them in a way that is like a broadcast. You know, that first piece, please wake up a little faster, please. Like, that's me saying to humanity, like, please, please. You know, I can't force anybody to do anything. I wouldn't even want to, really. But, but, I, but I'm kind of feeling, like, urgent. Like, come on, come on, you know? And I made that song to me, in a style that I very reverentially compare to DJ Premier, who's a humongous uh, influence on me. And that, that is really like a study or an effort in evolving loops and ways in which small uh, variations on loops can, can be really powerful, you know, and anthemic. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, these are some of the things I guess we're dealing with, you know. <laughs> yeah. So cool. 